The NBA is on TuneIn, streaming every NBA game around the globe. It's time to bring you the confrontational front court of Michael Rappaport and Karan Butler. He'll go to the hole. There he is. There's the shooter. Bingo! That's a new record for a quarter. He's unconscious, folks. This is Two Man Weave, live from South by Southwest in Austin, Texas, on the NBA on TuneIn, your home for the NBA Finals. All right. This is the two-man weave. We got Karan Butler here. We are in Austin, Texas, South by Southwest. I want to take this moment to thank all the indie bands in the area for not playing any music temporarily. My name is Michael Rapport. Filling in for Kenyon Martin is somebody I'm excited to talk about. Two-time NBA All-Star, NBA champion, Mr. Karan Butler. Thanks for having me here, baby. Appreciate it. Thanks for the love, Austin. This is the time of year for a basketball fan like myself to really, really soak it all up. Like right now, we got the NIT, we got the NCAA, and the NBA playoffs are looming. Now, I, I, I woke up this morning, Karan, and I said I wasn't going to talk about this. And then right when they started doing the countdown, I said, you know what? Karan made such an impact in college. He made such an impact on the Big East before it turned into whatever it is now. The story that I woke up to this morning and I was, that I wasn't going to talk about, and I want to hear your, your, your take on it top to bottom. I don't even want to hear your take on the Charles Barkley one-on-one of it all. LeVar Ball. <laughs> you know what's crazy about LeVar Ball? LeVar Ball has three sons. Two of them are in high school, very highly touted high school players, and potentially a top five pick in Lonzo Ball for UCLA, is now a recurring guest on all the sports shows. He's challenging Michael Jordan's to one-on-ones. He's challenging Charles Barkley's to one-on-ones. And, and, and in my opinion, he did a fantastic job, obviously, raising these three kids. They're all three good kids Absolutely. that are doing well in school and, and, and have promising basketball careers however they land. But the fact that LeVar Ball is now being talked about before the NCAA tournament more than his son, who's playing in the NCAA tournament, is a disservice to his son. It's a disservice to sports networks. And well, what do you take of his whole, his whole, his whole shtick? Because it's really a shtick that we're buying into, that I'm talking about at the top of my show with a special guest, Karan Butler. Break down this whole thing on what you know about LeVar Ball and what you think about it. With, with LeVar Ball talking so much, is that taking pressure off of his kid? No. In the tournament? No, it ain't taking pressure. Or is that adding more pressure on him? More pressure. Okay. It's making people like me who liked Lonzo Ball a couple of weeks ago be like, yo, crack his butt. <laughs> but he might be, I mean, his father may know something that we don't know. I mean, obviously, we know that he's a lottery pick. He's a top five pick in this year's draft. And, you know, potentially uh, two of the best talents in the draft, him and uh, Markel Folks. So, I'm, I mean, listen, he's going about it in an unconventional way, but he probably tapping into something bigger. You know, like this, imagine like he's trying to create a different brand, right? So imagine if all these things that he's saying really come into fruition. But come into fruition like what? That, that what? All right, that so his like, son's going to be better than Steph Curry? That uh, his son could beat Steph Curry? That, he, that Michael Jordan's actually going to be like, you know what? I'm going to play this guy who averaged two points in college in one-on-one. 
Uh, that Charles Barkley is even uh, having the conversation. I, I mean, it's good for LeBar Ball. It's good for it's good for him and it's good for the brand because we're discussing. What's it. the brand? Big he, Ballers. That'd be a great band in 2001 <laughs> if uh, Jay Z never came out with Rockaware. But this free advertisement. It's, it's we're talking about it. Nobody at Big Ballers. Put that in a Cameron video from 1999. He's no, selling shout it. Shout out to Cameron. He's selling it for $50 a T-shirt. He's selling, Michael, uh, Air Jordan t-shirts is only $40. He's selling Big Baller or Big Brand or whatever it's called for $50 a t-shirt. So he's he's marketing it and he's doing a great job of it because all the media outlets is talking about him and his kids. Now imagine he set the stage. Now imagine if his son goes out on this biggest stage with all this controversy and perform at an unbelievable clip. The stage is set. All right, but you're, you're, you, you played with a chip on your shoulder. Your career, through college and in the pros. Now, you're retired now, right? When you, just, just a blink ago, you're playing in the league. Now, in your prime, with your chip on the shoulder, you guarded ones, you guarded twos. You see this kid coming out his first year, barely through puberty. He can't really grow no facial hair. His father's talking about he's better than this, better than that. You man him up. You're in your sixth year. You're in your seventh year. You're already a proven, established Karan Butler. You see this dude first game in the hand check era. Okay, I know you can't hand check now, but what do you do? Like, because if I could play ball at your level, I'm like, yo, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take my man right here. I'm gonna take him out to the woodshed, and and, and I'm gonna show him. I'm gonna, I'm gonna teach him a lesson just because his father was talking crazy. The kids don't talk. Just on, just on general principle, I'm gonna, I'm explain it to you. So just on GP. GP. General and we ain't talk, we're talking about general principle, not general pop, which I'm happy to be in today. So just Thank on you. GP, you look at the guys at that position who he's going to have to play against. That's one of the hardest positions in the game. And they see all this. You know what I mean? They see the conversations. They see the news lines. They see everything going across the ticker. So, you know, they're going to welcome that. They're going to look forward to playing against him, and they're going to put on a demonstration. You don't think Steph Curry saw that? His father said, that, oh, he's better than him. Right. You don't think uh, 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 a John Wall or Chris Paul or, you know, all these guys. Dane Dollar? Yeah, they're, they're so they're Jeremy so Lin's going to give him the business. Yeah, Jeremy I mean, Lin with the man bun out in Brooklyn yeah. with the hipsters is going to give him that good that good business. Kim Walker going to try to introduce him to hip-hop when he comes through oh, Charlotte. Oh, introduce him to that good hip-hop. <laughs> that boogie-down Bronx hip-hop. Yeah, the boom that boom-boom with the step back. That boom-back. With the step back. He's going to give him all that all that love. Yeah, Jamal Crawford going to show him 22 moves and then the tough, difficult, you know, and one three. Yes, and he's going to show him that good Benjamin Bratt lifestyle. <laughs> I forgot about Jamal Crawford. Yeah, man. You can't ever forget about Jay Crossover, man. That's one of the, the coldest brothers in the game. Now, now, out of all these dudes, you didn't even mention Westbrook. We didn't even mention yeah. Kyrie, who's doing the – talk about scientific uh, – uh, you know, like the way he handles the ball and the fact that he's – and I, I love Kyrie. Kyrie, but like he'll probably be the first to admit it. He, I've never seen a nerd with that ill of handles. Like you see Kyrie off the court, he shows up with his backpack. If I didn't know he's Kyrie Irving, I'd be like, I got this dude. Yeah. He talks, he sounds like he, he's just, he never played ball before. And then he comes out with all the ill Rod Strickland angles. He's going to give him that good business. Yeah, man, he got that handle. And not only that, you know, he's one of the best finishers in all of the history of the game. Like, he really is. Left hand, right hand. When he gets to the paint, 
You know what I mean? You might as well just count that bucket. One of the best finishers I've ever seen play the game. So out of all those dudes, just in terms of their personalities that you know of, Okay, out of all the point guards, uh, the C.J. McCollums, the Bradley Beals, who are, are interchangeable twos, who's going to be the guy that you think is going to be like, who has that spirit that's going to be like, I'm, I'm going to give him that introduction first. Like, who's the guy who's going to go out of their way? It like, who has the attitude that I have if I could play? It, 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 it depends how the schedule line up. Mm. You know, you know, with the Lakers, you know, it, it might be it might be Russell Westbrook. Oh, you Lord. might have to bump into that. Or you might have to run into the, 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 the floor general and the Chris Paul. You know, a guy like that. And when you see Chris Paul, he's not only going to, you know, win the game and beat you. He's going to beat you from, you know, uh, a chess game type of beat you. He's going to work the refs. He's going to, you know, shrink the floor on you. He's uh. going to make you make bad decisions. He's going to bait you into situations where you're going to look bad and make a turnover. So, you know, he's going to beat you mentally, physically, and then he's going to destroy you on the opposing end because he's going to send you through picks. And the guys, DeAndre, Blake, going to run you through picks. They're going to bang you up. And he's going to dissect you in that way. So he understands the game, and he's going to give you an introduction to the NBA lifestyle. So, 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 so back to LeVar Ball, at the end of the day, you know, you're saying, well, maybe he'll, his son will perform. I mean, I, mean any, I think anything less than a championship at this point, he, he's created such an X on his back, on his son's backs. And, and I think it's the pressure of being a young player has to be enormous. The pressure of being this, this guy who, like the 15-year-old the, the kid, his every move, his every step is online. I've never seen anything like it. I've never seen like a, a young kid be documented this much because of the social, the social networking of it all. I mean... What do you think, I mean, you can't predict the future. What do you think the fallout is going to be? Or what do you think, I mean, if, if these kids don't make it in the NBA and succeed, if these kids are like wind up in Spain or in Israel. It's, either, it's hit or miss. Like, they got to be really good or they're not going to be good at all. Like, there's no in between because the bar's been set so high. Right. You know, so I think, you know, they're following in the footsteps of what you've seen, like, from a, a Kanye West that made uh, a, a whole bunch of things that's out of character and then drop a hot album with great production and great uh, new hooks and everything and then everybody's bobbing to the new beat and it's like, oh, well, you know, that was Kanye. He was just tripping out, but I love his music. He put out a great product. You know what I mean? And, you know, look at look what, what Trump did. He said a whole lot of ill-advised things and then he won the presidency. So, you know, it happens like that sometimes. I hear you. you no, know, I hear you. That's a good point. This is the two-man weave with Michael Rapport and Karan Butler. I'm excited to be here. We're rocking for two hours. You're now rocking with the best. We're not talking analytics. We're not talking uh, measurements and all that stuff. We're talking facts. We're talking opinions. Tough juice. Rookie, rookie year, you played with the Miami Heat. You got drafted out of UConn. This tournament, this Big East tournament, this NCAA tournament what was this like what's your fondest memory of being in the uh the the the, the march madness of it all and, and and being successful this you know having your back against the wall and like just you know lose or go home win and excel i thought that was the great like that was a great environment to be in because we didn't have expectations on our team because the year before we went to the nit but it was a great experience because you know, coming from a prestigious university like UConn, we're not used to being in that in that tournament. And, mm. you know, so I learned from that. And that summer, I, I took a lot of 
you know, um, a different approach, like in my health, you know, in my weight, staying in a good rhythm, staying in a good flow, playing with the USA team that summer, went to China, you know, won a gold medal, came back. I was prepared. I was in basketball mode, so mm. I already hit the ground running. And then I was able, I was ready, and I was able and fortunate to lead my ball club, you know, forward. And then we went to the Elite Eight, and we lost to the, you know, the champs, you know, in Maryland. You know, they took it all the way, you know. It was a Hail Mary three-pointer by Blake. Uh, he hit Steve Blake. He hit a, a, a big-time shot in that moment. But, you know, we left it all out there on the court, and it was an amazing feeling. Now, UConn, at this point, UConn's men basketball, in my opinion, is overshadowed. I never thought that I would, I, 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 that I would say this. UConn's men basketball, which has been very successful, is overshadowed by UConn's women's basketball. Now, I have played against high-level women in basketball, and I know they get down for the crown. This is no shot. This is no disrespect to women who play basketball at a high level. This is no, just no disrespect to women at all. But this character, Gino, Gino uh, 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 what do you say his name? Oriema. Oriema. Now, what do you make of this guy? They won 100 games uh, in a row. Okay, now, what, what level of basketball is competitive? When you win 100 games in a row, 40-something of them were by double digits. This is, this is, this is inhumane basketball. It's not his fault that they're so much better than the field. You know what I mean? Like, San Antonio, like, you look at the San Antonio Spurs. They got a winning culture. They create a system, and they win because they know how. They developed it. They developed a code, and everybody's trying to copy their process and how they conduct their business. The Patriots done the same thing. Now you look at Gino and what he's done with women college basketball, he's done the same thing. Everybody's trying to manipulate the system and try to catch up to what he's built and what he's created. He get usually the best player at each position every year. Right. So obviously you're going to win. This is inhumane though. Yeah, and he understands on how to put, put them in the system, let them grow, and then also in women's sports and women's college basketball, they're going to be together for four years. They're going right. to stay the four years, and they're going to grow to grow together, and they're going to develop together. And that's why you see streaks like hundred wins in a row. Yeah, I Listen, mean, I coached a team at the YMCA. We <laughs> peaked out at nineteen. hundred wins in a row. I mean, this is ridiculous. And I'm not saying again. This has nothing to do with the women. But it, it's like they're, they're touting this guy as oh, he's up there with Belichick. He's up there with Popovich. He's up there with Phil Jackson. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something, Karan. When the great coaching minds, when the Vince Lombardi's and all the great coaches, when the Bella Carosi's. Oh, you're stirring up the pot right now? What you doing? When they're all there at the dinner table, they're having a little pasta for Julie. You know where Gino is? He's at the front. No. As the valet. No. people's cars, okay? You ever seen the movie Goodfellas? Remember Spider, Spider, get me a drink, Spider? He's Spider. No. Okay, he's spite. Now, you're at UConn. You go back to UConn. Is the women's facility, because of Gino Amanero, how do you say his name? Oriema. Oriema. I don't, I'm not doing that on purpose. Is the women's facility at UConn better than the men's facility at UConn? They both nice. They both, they both amazing. State of the art. Now, if this guy, you win 100 games in a row. You've won 77 uh, championships. You got this, you got that. At a certain point, what does he say to himself? You know what? I've done all I can do here. I want to see if I'm really about that life. And I want to find somewhere else to coach, whether it's the pros, high school, another women's team, uh, you know, go work with uh, the best of the wheelchair kids. Mm -hmm. Take it on the road, Gino. He I've seen enough his, of you. He found his niche. 
So now he's sitting at the table like he's chasing ghosts. He's no chasing one, who's the no, there's not even ghosts in women's college basketball. He's the there's new no standard. Ghosts. He's the new standard. I, I just had enough of this guy. Him, <laughs> his hair, and they're like, oh, and he's like Mr. Humble, but then he's not really Mr. Humble. He's like, he's, it's all about the kids, but it's not really all about the kids, Gino. I'm on to you. Okay? Gino, I love you, Gino. Keep doing what you're doing. Mike is tripping. Mike is, Mike is, Mike is right. Mike is right. Mike, Mike wants to see him at the coach's table, and I want to see him, and I want to see Popovich go, hey, Gino, get my car ready, pull it around front. And Gino's going to run around the block in his little valet jacket, and he's going to pull his, his Cadillac up to the front. All right, Karan Butler, this is the NBA on tuning. My man Tufters, I'm going to throw this at you, throw you for a little loop here, okay? I remember seeing you when you were in, your, when you were in the league. I, I don't remember what brought it. I, I believe you were, the season was going on. You were on the Tonight Show with Jay Leno. And, and at this point, you were still in the league. I, I don't remember what happened to get you on the show. But, you know, you were talking about being an NBA player. You, you were young. And, and you were telling your story. It was very emotional, very genuine. It's the first time I saw you off the court. About a week later, now I'm going to throw you for a loop here, and I know you know where I'm going here. You may not. This is, you got to, because this had been, this would have been one of the best social media moments of all time, but this is before Twitter and all that stuff. About a week later, two weeks later, Halle Berry, single Halle Berry, yes. goes on Jay Leno, and Jay Leno's like asking her questions, and he didn't even bring up Karan Butler. She was like, you know, I saw Karan Butler on here two weeks ago, and that's who I'm checking for. So she was basically shouting you out. My question is, and has they, first of all, has anybody connected those dots or is that just me? It changed the dynamic of my household for a minute. Break it down. I mean, how She basically shouted you out. She was yeah. basically like, yo, slide up in the DMs, but there was no DMs to slide up, slide up into. <laughs> Come on, man, that's Catwoman. <coughs> Dorothy Dandridge. And she you knows she gave me a shout-out. It wasn't looking... a shout-out, my man. That was an invitation. <laughs> There's a difference between a shout-out and an invitation. And, and I, I was watching were, the show. Were you a married man at this point? I was engaged. Okay, you were engaged. Now, now your you're, you're, you're wife and, and your... I was like... still trying to figure it out. Okay. Now, did the players... You were What, what team were you with? The Wizards I, at this time? I was time? with the Lakers. Okay, you were with the Lakers. Now, that got around quick. I, I couldn't have been the only one that caught that. Hey, when I came in the locker room, they was like, what you going to do? She, 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 it wasn't a shout out, I'm a fan. It was like, yo, dude, this is before the DM. This was like, yo, Karan Butler, there ain't no other Karan, there ain't no other Karan Butler. Holler at me. This is me, Halle Berry. I'm on Jay Leno. She was looking in the, yo, I was like, yo, my man, Karan Butler, he's, he's about to put in that work. <laughs> Because rarely, everybody's like, Halle Berry, Halle Berry. Halle Berry was like, uh, tough juice. I want to drink some of that tough juice. <laughs> this is the two-man weave. Karan Butler is a married man. I just thought that that was a very, very uh, important part of pre-social media pop culture. We are here so, uh, down in South by Southwest. We're going to be back for the next hour and 40 minutes. I haven't even gotten into your career. I haven't even gotten to all the... Man, one of my favorite championship teams you were a part of the 2011 Dallas Mavericks breaking the hearts of the Miami Heatles that was a thing of beauty look you see everybody swinging their fist and everything yes yes we'll be right back two-man weave special special guest Karan Butler Michael Rapport coming live from South by Southwest Two-Man Weave continues after this. Live from Austin, Texas, the site of South by Southwest on the NBA on TuneIn. 
Hey, this is Miss Info from Hip Hop Beat. Join me this week as I drop the latest tracks from the world of hip hop. We're playing new music from Future and Drake, Machine Gun Kelly, Grammy winning Chance the Rapper, and so much more. Oh, and speaking of those Grammys, your girl Info is breaking down all of the celebrity reactions and discussing that Drake diss from Jay Z. I've got all the tea, so hit me up at Miss Info on Twitter. It's Hip Hop Beat on TuneIn. That's the station around. Music you want. Hip Hop is on TuneIn. It's not just music. It's Music Pulse. It's Music Pulse. I love every song Music Pulse plays. I'm in love with your body. This is awesome music. With Music Pulse on TuneIn, you'll hear nothing but great songs like this. 24 karat magic in the air. And favorites like this. You're on the pulse of the music. Get your pulse grooving. Music Pulse. I love it. With Music Pulse on TuneIn. All right. TuneIn delivers the laughs with great comedy podcasts from your favorite comedians. Laugh it up with favorites like The Joe Rogan Experience. Oh! oh they both cracked. They wow. both cracked at the same time. Damn. Or give your funny bone the old, right there, Fred, with Bill Burr's Monday Morning Podcast. Trade stories about their uncle that blew his fingers off because he never got married. He was trying to impress his nephews and nieces, right? <laughs> You're so cool, Uncle Jimmy. Right? Catch every episode of these great comedy podcasts and many more on TuneIn. Need some adrenaline to get you through the day. Are you ready to rock? Rock on has your back with savage hits by artists like Metallica. Green Day. Don't wanna be an American idiot. And Seether. Rock on is exclusively on TuneIn. Rock on. Music that always hits home. It's Soul Group. The home for classics from legends like Stevie Wonder. Marvin Gaye. And the Isley Brothers. And artists bringing the soul of today. John Legend, Frank Ocean, Miguel, and more. Music for the soul. From the soul. It's Soul Group, exclusively on TuneIn. You've discovered TuneIn. Now experience even more with TuneIn Premium. With a subscription to TuneIn Premium, enjoy commercial-free music from your new favorite stations like Music Pulse, Hip Hop Beat, and Country Roads. Plus, TuneIn Premium brings you every play from every NFL, MLB, and NBA game live. And gives you access to thousands of great audiobooks from every genre. Find out what you've been missing with TuneIn Premium. Upgrade today. The biggest hits of an era are on 80s Hits, exclusively on TuneIn. Are you telling me you built a time machine? What a DeLorean? From pop and R&B favorites to rock songs you'll remember forever, turn up the boombox with hit after hit after hit, including the very best of Prince, Whitney Houston, Olivia Newton-John, Tina Turner, New Edition, and more. Not just 80s music, 80s hits. Bueller. On TuneIn. Bueller. TuneIn puts you courtside for the 2016 college basketball season free all season long. Hear every call from hundreds of games from around the country live as teams battle for court supremacy throughout the year. Top 25 showdowns, rivalry games, and the NCAA National Tournament in March. TuneIn brings you the action with home and away calls from schools in every conference. Listen to college basketball all season long free on TuneIn.
stay out of their lane. It's Two Man Weave with Michael Rappaport and Karan Butler. Ilya Sova, the Butler for three. Oh. And down it goes for Karan Butler, who's got 37 points. Live from South by Southwest in Austin, Texas. All right, we're back. Two Man Weave, Michael Rappaport, Karan Butler. We're talking all things Halle Berry. I'm kidding. Um, all right, Karan. I mean, I, I don't even. I'm just gonna jump in with you, your career. You played. You had a very, very, very prolific NBA career. You played with people by the names of Kobe, uh, Dirk, uh, Lamar, Dwayne Wade. I'll just throw this at you, Jason Kidd. I mean, these, these is this is a fantastic, uh, you know, list of. I, there's so many questions. Forget the best. Maybe the best and the talented are the same thing. Who's the most talented basketball player? Or top three, just talent basketball player you ever played with? I asked Chauncey Billup this one time, and he said just on talent, he said that it was J.R. Smith. You know, he didn't say he might not have been the best player, but he said when you just look at the talent level. So when you look at talent, and it could be Kobe. I mean, he was pretty, pretty special. Who's the most talented players that you could just over the top of your head? Some of the names that jump out immediately. <clears throat> Russell Westbrook, Kevin Durant, and obviously Kobe Bryant. But then I, 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 played, with a, I played with a young Blake Griffin. I played with a young DeAndre Jordan. Uh, I played with uh, a healthy Gilbert Arenas. Mm. I played with, you know, uh, Antoine Jameson when he was scoring... 22 points a game with, without holding the ball three seconds per catch, just flicking it in. You know what I mean? Like, I've played with some of the multi-Hall of Famers in this game of basketball, you know, over the years. So those are some of the names that just jump out immediately at me. I mean, that, that Wizards team, it was you, Gilbert, Antoine, the original big three, Deshaun Stevenson, Nick Young, a young JaVale McGee. He never looked young. Joel McGee at 20, he must have looked, he always looked like he was 40. I mean, the, 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 that, those teams were competitive, and, 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 and then the Gilbert Arenas of it all. How good was Gilbert before those injuries? I mean, Gilbert had to stretch for like two years where he probably was the, the best player in the game of basketball. And I think he was a guy that was before his time. Because if you look at, you know, social media and everything like that, he was like one of the guys blogging and doing stuff like that before it was even popular. <clears throat> Excuse me. So you see, you see Gilbert doing those type of things and then still going out there and putting on a demonstration. Like before we went to the Boston Garden, I, I'll never forget this. You had fans chanting about an article or something that he published right before we had played him you know, talking about the fans of Boston and something like that. And he goes out there and he scores 40-plus points or whatever the case may be, but just his popularity was unbelievable, agent zero. And, and, I mean, for me, I always thought, like, his story was very well documented. He was very open about, you know, how he came up, and he was very emotional. And then this crazy incident, which, I, you know, it's like I don't want to go over it or even for you to try to get into psychology, but this whole thing with showing up with the guns in the locker room, I was like... It, to me, from what I knew as a fan about about Gilbert Arenas, I was like, why? What? How did this? It went so wrong so fast, and there was really no coming back from it. I mean, even even the guys that were involved in the 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 the, the melee uh, in in Detroit were able to come back, but Gilbert 
was never able to come back. It just seemed like that just set off so many bad things, you know, in his career. Like, wh what was that like? How much of a how much of a, a backlash and how chaotic did it get in Washington during that during that time? I think he was so talented he could have come back and overcome anything. I just think that the injury to his to his knee this you know took precedent and he wasn't able to you know sustain or perform you know at that level no more because of that injury and it just hindered him and you know he's one of the best talents i ever seen on the court and you know it was just unfortunate that his career was short you know shortened because of that injury and 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 going into another talent Dwayne Wade a young Dwayne Wade and you played with a young Lamar Odom who, in my opinion, was a freak. You talk about unicorns. You talk about 6'11", maybe 7 feet, 6'10", whatever he was. Lucky lefty. Left-handed, handled the ball, um, was unselfish with the ball, could shoot the ball. I, I feel like he was unselfish to a fault almost. Absolutely. You know, I think if he had been more of an aggressive uh, scorer, you know, his impact on the game would have been, you know, even more. I mean, what? How good was Lamar in his prime? He was unbelievable, man. He was he was six foot ten, six foot eleven. You know, somebody that can pull up. You know, create his own shot. He had uh, unbelievable gift of, you know, facilitating. And what I mean by facilitating is, you know, passing the ball and making other people better. I think that that was his real traditional gift. You know, he was a guy that can rebound extremely well with. You know, some of the biggest bigs in the game. But not only just rebound, create a rebound into a transitional play. You take it off the backboard, you push it up, you get guys to fill the lane. And, you know, he just probe and bring it up and facilitates and find the open guy. They make shots. I think in this era right now uh, that we're in, yeah, Lamar would be like uh, a GM's dream. Uh, you know what I mean? I think he was obviously before his time. But when the time that he played in, he was a special player. Yeah, I agree. I mean, he was special uh, when I saw, you know, footage of him in high school, and then he was at Rhode Island. And, and as soon as he came into the league, you were just like, it, to me, the fact that, you know, he was never like the quickest dude. And the, the, to see somebody that tall handle the ball, he looked and he had the mentality of a magic. Yeah. You know, because the way he handled it, he just loved to pass. And I always just like, I feel like this guy could be a little bit more selfish, you know, and, and score more. Um, but he just is, you know, such a great talent. And then and then, Dwayne Wade down in Miami, your last year, and now you, you mentioned earlier that you're friends with him. It's one of my best friends right there. He actually just texted me and, you know. What, was he looking for me? Yeah, he, he was looking for you. Now listen, Dave D. Wade, <laughs> what does he want? He wants the 20 bucks? He's not getting the 20 bucks today. you owe him some money, man. All right. Now, how good was Dwayne Wade? What makes him so special? And, I mean, to me, like, when he first came into the league, he had that it factor in terms of he was a winner. He was a winner, and, and you saw it right away. Like, he put, he put his, his uh, cojones on the line early, and, and, and he, you just saw it right away. Like, he went from Marquette to an NBA pro. The transition was smooth. He always was a big moment, big time player. He knew how to perform unbelievably well in the moment. And I'm going to tell you about Dwayne Wade. When he came, he was playing off the ball. We had a point guard, you know, and we had a system who facilitated everything. But once we put the ball in Dwayne Wade's hand and put him at the point guard, he was bringing the ball up the court. That's when Flash was born because he was a guy that was able to split defenses. You know what I mean? And that's when you first saw that. You saw a guy holding the ball, bringing the ball up the court at the guard position, a big guard position, 
splitting the defense, getting into the paint, and doing all the little things, maneuvering. And I think Dwayne Wade was like one of the first of his kind, and that's why he's one of the top three two guards of all time. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, he, he just went down. He, he's out for the rest of the season. You know, this, this season's been, you know, touch and go with Chicago. I felt like they could have squeezed into the seventh or eighth seed. They're officially out now. Yeah, with that big three and the Rajon Rondo of it all, which I just don't understand. I, I feel like Rajon Rondo, as talented as he is, he, it's getting to a point where it's like you might have to call Steph Marbury up and see if we got a spot for you on the China team because at a certain point, the talent uh, it doesn't match the pain in the butt. I say butt because you can't curse because it's the NBA on tuning. Can you, I don't even know if you could say the, the pain in the A word, but I just want to, I just, I like to pat myself on the back because I like to curse, Karan, as you can imagine. But we're here, NBA on tuning. Kenyon Martin and myself have never cursed. Please don't throw the streak off, Karan. Okay, I'm gonna try not to. Okay, um, listen, let me ask you a question. Have you ever heard of Brockmire? Did you hear about the Brockmire scandal? I haven't. You haven't heard about it? Brockmire, okay? was a baseball commentator, an announcer dude that went straight bonkers in an on-air meltdown. I'm sure he was probably cursing, screaming. It was on full display in front of millions of listeners, millions of viewers. Years later, after his breakdown, Brockmire is back. He's back. Back from his career low, and he's back calling minor league baseball games. is a new show on IFC, the independent film channel, starring Hank Azaria and Amanda Peet. The IFC show starts April 5th, every Wednesday night. Hank Azari is a great actor. He's been around for years. If you don't know his work, you know his face. If you don't know his face, you know his voice. He does like multiple voices on The Simpsons. I can't wait to see this show, Brockmire. It's airing April 5th on IFC, starring Hank Azaria and Amanda Peet. Watch Brockmire and find out what he's been up to since his infamous blowout in front of millions of listeners. I'm going to have to check that out. It sounds fantastic. Yeah. Because remember, now you remember hearing about Brockmire. He went nuts. I remember something crazy, and he, that's, that's what it sounds he like. He went crazy. Now he's back. All right, this is the NBA on tuning, coming live and direct from Austin, Texas. You've been very uh, open, controversial, and diligent about this whole greatest of all time. This is a conversation that will be had from the end of time. Now listen. Here we go. I've been very public about my frustrations with LeBron James off the court. Now I'm not going to sit here and say that he's the greatest ever. I know that people's memories are, are, are very short. You know, we're watching him right now. Michael Jordan, in my opinion, is the greatest ever. He never lost in a finals. He never was even pushed to a game seven finals. Preach. Who's the greatest player of all time? And forget who the greatest player of all time is. Because we, we both agree it's Jordan. Michael Who's Jordan. The second greatest player of all time. Second greatest player of all time. Kareem. Okay. You look at Kareem's body of work from high school, college, NBA, all time leading scorer. Yes. With no three pointer. With no three pointer. Signature shot. His body of work is just unprecedented. Where does your guy Kobe Bryant lay in this? I mean, it's so hard. It's so the positions, the errors is different. Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, people are like, I'll be the first to say that I love Kobe. But when you talk about going to the finals six times in a row, he's going to go again seven times. He makes players better. You played against LeBron. You played with Kobe. 
Kobe did it with an iron fist, sort of in a Michael Jordan way. I feel like if there's the biggest weakness Kobe Bryant had, is that he didn't know how to get the best out of his players. I feel like he didn't have the iron fist technique down totally. Where does Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, live in this greatest of all time? See, I, I think this is the thing. A lot of people jump, jump over the legacy of Kobe Bryant. Why? That's a good question. Why? Because the now, you know, because of, you know, social media and because what you see now. A lot of people start tuning in to basketball relatively late. Yes. And they start seeing the, the declining of Kobe Bryant and the injuries and, you know, they heard about the body of work or they saw some of the, the big time shots and things like that. So they judge off of that. And then you see the rise in the prime of, a one LeBron James, who's a great player and, you know, obviously in the top 10 all time. But, you know, make no mistake, Kobe Bryant is a five-time NBA champion. I yes. repeat, a five-time NBA champion. He's the top two two guards to ever play the game. Number one being Michael Jordan. He surpassed Michael Jordan on the top three scoring list all time. So... I would have to say that if you're just like if you're doing a top five and you're not saying position and you're just saying body of work, you would say Michael Jordan, you would say Kareem. You're not doing position, nothing like that. You can put Kobe in the top five if you're just not saying I need a point guard, a two guard, a forward, a four, a five. If you're just saying this players, yes. like, like if I'm going to the park and I'm just like, I just need somebody to put in work. I just need I need a bucket like. Who you going to ask, hey, if I need a bucket, like, huh, look, I'm, Mike, I, give me a yeah, bucket. I'm going to pass it back. Yeah. You know, you're not going to give it to me if you need a bucket. Like, if you need you a bucket. You need a spit bucket yeah. or a bucket of water or a bucket to put your mop in, I'm your guy. Yeah, but, like. If you if, need two points, I'm throwing the ball back. I might not even catch it. I might headbutt it back. You going to set Yeah, I, I don't want anything to do with it. Yeah, so I, I think, I think, I, I think like that, and I would have to say, you know, I can't jump over the legacy of Kobe, so. I would have to say Kobe, and then I had to say everybody else. Now, you played with Kobe, played against Kobe. What's your best Kobe story when you played against him? When I played against him, I would have to say, you know, going to the Staples Center and, and, and winning a game, and I, obviously we was clowns. We was, you know, celebrating a little bit too much, you know, uh, feeling real good because Kobe is the best player of our generation, and whenever you beat him, it's big stage. You, you, you enjoy it. You celebrate but, you know, him coming back, you know, to Washington and, you know, jump tip ball, you know, he get fouled on the play. You know, he's, he's like 48. You know, he's counting down backwards, you know. And I'm like, shit, what the, what the hell 48 mean? Like, you know, what, what, that's, what is that about? Well, he made his free throws. Yeah, 48, 47. You know, he's counting backwards from 50. So, basically, he's letting us know that he's going to drop a 50 ball on us tonight. You know, that's the, that's the greatness of a Kobe Bryant. And that, How much that, did he drop on you? I think he had 48 or 50. But that just lets you know, like, he's, he's different. You know what I mean? Like, Yo, he was counting backwards on you guys? <laughs> from jump ball. And who was checking him the whole night? All of you. We, everybody. The, everybody. And the, guarding the a hot Kobe Bryant. Everybody. Uh, Kobe Bryant in his prime. What is that like? I mean, you're all great. You're in the NBA. You're all fantastic. You're all freaks of basketball. You're all guys that could sit on a court and make 50 shots in a row naked in the gym. But Kobe Bryant is what compared to just every single person? 
he's different. He's just different. You know what I mean? Like, you saw Kobe Bryant at the back end of his career drop 60 points in the game. This is after injuries. Drop 60 points in this farewell game. Now, that was a little bit of, of a, 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 an amalgamation because it was like you're going to score 60 points, but he made 60 points on like 160 shots. They, they were I playing defense. Scored, I could have scored they, 30 they with that many defense. shots. Correct. I mean, he still was playing defense. Okay, but I could have went to Bray. If I wanted to see a Broadway show, I could have went to go see that Schlock Hamilton if instead of go seeing that. It was I a know, great story. I but. know people that can't go to the YMCA right now and score 60. I can't. I definitely can't. And he can. did that in the NBA game where the Utah Jazz was playing hard. Right. No, you're right. You're right. Despite the fact that he was Despite, chucking. Yeah, because it's like the, his name was Chucky. It's the moment. Because I got you. He 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 performed in the moment like he always do. He's I a showman, you. and he came up and he put on a demonstration. And I'm no disrespect to Kobe. I love Kobe, but I wasn't one of these people that was that impressed with that last game. But you are right. They are playing defense, and the Utah Jazz is not there to uh, you know get 60 handed to you. Listen, this is the NBA on tuning. Uh, you might hear hear this in a replay or a podcast form. Uh, the group down the street is rehearsing horribly. I think the name of the group down the street <laughs> is called the Young Hipsters, or it might be the Man Bun Crew. Um, we'll be right back, live from South by Southwest, Austin, Texas. Karan Butler, a.k.a. Tough Juice. My name is Michael Rappaport. I got some questions for you, too, we'll, when we come yeah, back. We'll get into all of it, Karan. We'll be right back here, NBA on TuneIn. Tim and we will be right back live from South by Southwest in Austin, Texas. It's the NBA on TuneIn, your home for the NBA Finals. Hey, this is Miss Info from Hip Hop Beat. Join me this week as I drop the latest tracks from the world of hip hop. We're playing new music from Future and Drake, Machine Gun Kelly, Grammy-winning Chance the Rapper, and so much more. Oh, and speaking of those Grammys, your girl Info is breaking down all of the celebrity reactions and discussing that Drake diss from Jay-Z. I've got all the tea, so hit me up at Miss Info on Twitter. It's Hip Hop Beat on TuneIn. Music you want. Hip Hop is on TuneIn. It's not just music. It's Music Pulse. It's Music Pulse. I love every song Music Pulse plays. I'm in love with your body. This is awesome music. With Music Pulse on TuneIn, you'll hear nothing but great songs like this. 24 karat magic in the And favorites like this. You're on the pulse of the music. Get your pulse grooving. Music Pulse. I love it. With Music Pulse on TuneIn. All right. Tune in delivers the laughs with great comedy podcasts from your favorite comedians. Laugh it up with favorites like the Joe Rogan Experience. Oh, oh they both cracked. They wow. both cracked at the same time. Damn. Or give your funny bone the old right there, Fred, with Bill Burr's Monday morning podcast. Trade stories about their uncle that blew his fingers off because he never got married. He was trying to impress his nephews and nieces, right? <laughs> You're so cool, Uncle Jimmy. Right? Catch every episode of these great comedy podcasts and many more on TuneIn. Need some adrenaline to get you through the day. Are you ready to rock? Rock on has your back with savage hits by artists like Metallica. Green Day. Don't wanna be an American idiot. And Seether. Rock on is exclusively on TuneIn. Rock on. 
Music that always hits home. It's Soul Groove, the home for classics from legends like Stevie Wonder, Marvin Gaye, and the Isley Brothers. And artists bringing the soul of today, John Legend, Frank Ocean, Miguel, and more. Music for the soul, from the soul. It's Soul Groove, exclusively on TuneIn. You've discovered TuneIn. Now experience even more with TuneIn Premium. With a subscription to TuneIn Premium, enjoy commercial-free music from your new favorite stations like Music Pulse, Hip Hop Beat, and Country Roads. Plus, TuneIn Premium brings you every play from every NFL, MLB, and NBA game live. And gives you access to thousands of great audiobooks from every genre. Find out what you've been missing with TuneIn Premium. Upgrade today. The biggest hits of an era are on 80s Hits, exclusively on TuneIn. Are you telling me you built a time machine? What From pop and R&B <laughs> favorites to rock songs you'll remember forever, turn up the boombox with hit after hit after hit, including the very best of Prince, Whitney Houston, Olivia Newton-John, Tina Turner, New Edition, and more. Not just 80s music, 80s hits. Bueller. On TuneIn. Bueller. TuneIn puts you courtside for the 2016 college basketball season free all season long. Hear every call from hundreds of games from around the country live as teams battle for court supremacy throughout the year. Top 25 showdowns, rivalry games, and the NCAA National Tournament in March. TuneIn brings you the action with home and away calls from schools in every conference. Listen to college basketball all season long free on TuneIn. We're back. You're listening to the confrontational front court of Michael Rappaport and Karan Butler. Butler steps back for three more. Bingo! That's ten for Karan! It's two-man weave, live from South by Southwest in Austin, Texas, on the NBA on TuneIn. All right, we're back, live from Austin, Texas. Me and Karan Butler were here, just talking about guarding Kobe Bryant. Now I want to ask you, what is it like to guard LeBron James? A young LeBron James. The Wizards and the Cavaliers, they had some battles. You had your guy Deshaun Stevenson, one of the first dudes in the league to have a tattoo on his face. <laughs> but you were, you, you were switching up. You were, you were, you were dealing with LeBron. What, what is he like? What kind of a problem is he? One of the toughest matchups ever because you can try to go about it many different ways but when you try to when you try to make him a facilitator you have to understand that that's his biggest asset he's he's great at passing he's not a great scorer but he can score and that's crazy to say because he's an all-time scorer right now he's probably gonna get to second all-time before he's finished playing wow and he's doing that just because he's just a great player you know what i mean all-around player we probably won't see anything like him again all around you know, he's so big. Um, he was a guy that was just a physical specimen like nothing i ever seen before. You know what I mean? Like his contact, he loved the physical contact. He really understood the game at a young age. Right. You know what I mean? Like we caught him where the personnel wasn't assembled around him probably as best as he probably would like. But at the same time, he made those guys, he made below average players, above average players. And that's what you can appreciate about his greatness. 
Wow. Yeah, I mean, uh, you, you can't argue with that. And, and that's one of the things, as much as I love Kobe and as much as I really, truly can't stand, you know, LeBron's off-the-court stuff. And I don't mean behavior. I mean the, the switching teams and all that foolishness. That's the thing that I, got, I get most frustrated with, with LeBron James. You, you know, you could take him and put him on the Brooklyn Nets, give them a month of practice, and they're going to be contenders in, in this Eastern Conference right now. They're definitely going to make the playoffs. Like right off the bat. Yeah, because he, 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 he understands the, the, the psyche of guys, younger guys in particular. He understands how to win. He knows how to get the job done. Like I was talking to Mav, you know, one of LeBron's you know, close friends, and he was just like, he's the Steve Jobs of the NBA. He's not, he's not Michael Jordan. Michael, oh. jo Michael Jordan is something different. You know what I mean? But he's the Steve Jobs of the NBA. You know what I mean? Like he gets it. He, he understands how to bring business to the game. He, he gets it on all aspects of the game. And, you know, he's going to be the first billionaire basketball player active in the history of the game. I mean, I, you can't argue with it. And, and he totally deserves it and what he's done for the game. And I know that you know, I've talked to uh, Kenyon and Steve, Steven Jackson uh, about him on, on the two-man weave. And, and they both, you know, mentioned a lot of the stuff that he does for the players' union and, and him and Chris Paul, like, fighting for players' rights. Absolutely. So, so I, I'm a lone wolf when it comes to talking crap about uh, LeBron James. Uh, but obviously, I respect the game. Now, let's talk about current right now. The East, if you had to say, you know, bet the, bet, 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 bet the house. You had to bet the house on a team that could push these Cleveland Cavaliers out of the finals. Who, who has the best chance? I mean, we have the, the, the Toronto. We have your Washington team. We have the Atlanta Hawks. We have the Boston Celtics. At this point, is there anybody, I mean, is there anybody that could disrupt the narrative of the Cleveland Cavaliers getting to the finals, barring any injury, and obviously we don't want to see that. See, this is how I look at it. Toronto with Kyle Lowry, if he comes back in time, obviously he has the wrist injury, and, you know, shooting is very important. He's a guy that's been shooting that amazing clip from the three-point line this season. So if he's not able to come back at full strength, that's going to mess up that component because Corey Joseph, I love him as a spot Right. Backup guy. But to be the guy to lead the troops into the playoffs, I don't think he's able to do that for a extended period of time. And therefore, they're going to fall short. Boston, on the other hand, I look at them and they're going to need a two guy because Isaiah is going to get trapped a lot. They're going to put him in unfamiliar situations. They're going to take the ball out of his hand, and therefore they're going to need another playmaker, a guy that can go out there, create a shot, and still be able to get the other guys involved. The other team the Washington Wizards. That's the team that, with their five, they're scary. John Wall is not afraid of the moment, the stage, and therefore I like them. But the thing about it is no one's going to beat Cleveland in the Eastern Conference. It's not going to happen, huh? No one's going to beat Cleveland. They may push six games, but Cleveland's going to, you know, sweep through the Eastern Conference just like they did last season. Mm. They're look, they have more depth. They have more components to the – like, it's different ways they can beat you now. They don't have to beat you just by relying on LeBron James and Kyrie, you know, creations. You know, they got guys that can have out-of-body performances. You got a Shannon Fry that can drop 25 in the series. 
You know what I mean? Kyle's going to win you a game. Yeah, you know, J.R. Smith is well-rested. Those guys are going to win you like at one game. It might just be one game, but they'll have that 29-point game. That's all they need. And you got multiple guys that's capable of doing that. Yeah, I mean, that's the first time I've heard anybody say that. But I think you're right. I think that this Cavaliers team is actually better than last year's Cavaliers team across the board. And you got guys like J.R. and Shump who now they have that confidence. They went through it. They, they, you know, Jr. was the. I mean, obviously LeBron's block was the highlight of Game Seven last year versus the Warriors. But Jr. went crazy, and he is rested. And Kyle Korver is hungry. And I said Jr. went crazy, and that's saying a lot for Jr. I thought I, I still thought the play of the game, because I'm a true hoop fan, and obviously I don't get caught up in the oohs and the ahs of the game. I get caught up in the, the grit of it. And you know, LeBron James block was spectacular, but. Kyrie poised in the way that he was able to offset Steph and then still come down in, in, the, in the moment of mm. the game, sides him up, introduce him to hip-hop, mm. in and out, mm. pull up geezer. Yes. Splash. That Uncle was like, Drew. Yeah, that was a clutch shot because LeBron, like, overexerted himself, and I think with all the defense and the her- heroic plays he was making in that game, I think that he needed someone to make a play like that, and Kyrie did it right on time. Yeah, I, I agree. And, 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 you know, he's continued to be that dude. And, you know, when that kind of moment happens, you know, obviously he's fed off it. They, they brought in Deron Williams, who, uh, well, again, he'll have a great game. He'll win them a game. He's due for one. And then a guy you played with in Milwaukee, who's sort of an enigma, uh, uh, I would love to get him and, and, and JaVel McGee in some sort of, uh, I don't know, basic, uh, you know, spelling contest because they're both far out. Not to say that, I bet you they're both fantastically smart, but far out. Larry Sanders, and I ain't talking about Gary Shanley. Shout out to the great Gary Shanley. Talking about Larry Sanders, the seven-foot Larry Sanders who plays for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Now, you play with him in Milwaukee. How much can uh, Larry Sanders do for this team? And where did Larry Sanders go? Listen, you, you talk about a guy like Larry Saunders, who's still in the prime of his basketball career. What is he, 25? He's still young. I mean, he's no older than 27, 28. So you're talking about a guy still in the prime of his basketball career, never had injuries, and was out the NBA, who had a chance to revisit and come in tune with himself. You know what I mean? Like, look, I, you know, this is something I need, I want. His, his love for the game was revisited. Mm-hmm. He was humbled. And now he's back out there, grateful for the opportunity, not right. taking it for granted. So now he's going to go out there and play like a maniac. Right. And that's what you need in the playoffs. You need a guy to go out there and have out-of-body performances for you in this spot. Look, I'm going to put you out there for three minutes. Right. Do something. Three minutes is nothing. Yeah, he's going to go out there. He's going to block some shots. Grab he's, a couple of reads. He's going to be the bird man for the Miami Heat. He's going to do the little things that don't really show up in the stat sheet but changes the game. I agree. I agree. I think it's a good pickup. I don't know how these guys pick everybody up. You know, I guess when it comes to chasing rings, you could do it for a cheap <laughs> price these days. Shout out to Darren Williams. Um, <laughs> now, this kid, I don't even try to say his name. You also played with him uh, uh, in Milwaukee, and Milwaukee is starting to emerge uh, as possibly the eighth seed, barring injury again. Giannis, the Greek freak, who 
is now really a top 10 player. And, and I think, you, you know, we talked uh, on your show about the NBA All-Star game. Him and Russell Westbrook were the only people that were playing appropriately All-Star game level, which just means like, it doesn't have to be like full speed, but don't cheat the fans. How good is Giannis? What makes him so good? And, and, and what do you think the, 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 the ceiling is for him? It, it, there's no ceiling. And that's scary because he's already an all-star and he's uh, on the verge of being a superstar. He's one of the guys that he's becoming must-watch television because he can do so many things at his sides. He's still growing. You know what I mean? I'm talking about physically and mentally. Like, he's understanding the game more and more. Uh, he has the thirst and hunger to get better. He wants to get better. Uh, he, he received conductive criticism extremely well. Mm. He's a guy that you can talk to. He's not going to take it the wrong way. He has a humble approach. He'll take, take it, and he'll do something about it. He's, his worth ethic is, you know, unbelievable. He's a guy that's going to work hard, play a lot of minutes, come in the gym early, stay late. You know, he's a gym rat, and that's what you, that's what you can love and appreciate from a young, a young talent. Well, what do you think, uh, I mean, if, if, if they get everybody back, Chris Middleton, the 70, $72 million man, back from an injury, Giannis, and obviously they, they, they took the blow with Jabari. Can the Milwaukee Bucks make an impact in the playoffs, or is it, is it just like, you know, what, what, my, what my Detroit Pistons last year? Is it just like, you know, you're fighting a, a, an uphill fight? They're scary because the Milwaukee Bucks length scares people. Like, you saw them go into Los Angeles last night and beat the Clippers. Right. Right? And the Clippers always on the verge of something, right? They're the title contender. I don't know why everybody always say it. They're just, you know, because of GP, I guess. Right. But, you know, the Bucks are, you know, on the verge of doing something special for years to come because they got a young nucleus. We mentioned Jabbar. We miss, mentioned Chris Middleton. We miss, mentioned Giannis and those guys. They're going to be good for years to come, and they're a player away. There are some opportunities away, and once they get in there and get a taste of it, they're going to be great for years to come. I agree, and this kid, Thawne Maker, who's like a seven-foot, maybe seven-foot-one, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> total new media player. I actually coached him in a game, an Under Armour game. He was under my tutelage for about 60 minutes, okay? He, I said to him, how old are you? He said, I'm 16. He was seven feet, freaked me out. Okay, I said, do you shave? He said, no. And that was the end of the conversation. But the exchange, I'm sure it made as big an impression on him as it made on me. This is a two-man weave, my man Karan Butler. We're talking all things NBA. We covered the East. We just, we just scratched the surface of Karan Butler's career. I want to talk about the Milwaukee of it all. I want to talk about the Latrell Sprewell influence of it all. I want to talk about who's coming out of the West. I want to talk about a lot of things, and thank God the indie rock has shut down for a minute. We'll be right back. Two man weave, South by Southwest, NBA on TuneIn. You're listening to the NBA on TuneIn, your home for the NBA Finals. It's Two Man Weave, live from South by Southwest in Austin, Texas. We'll be right back after this quick timeout. Hey, this is Miss Info from Hip Hop Beat. Join me this week as I drop the latest tracks from the world of hip hop. We're playing new music from Future and Drake, Machine Gun Kelly, Grammy winning Chance the Rapper, and so much more. Oh, and speaking of those Grammys, your girl Info is breaking down all of the celebrity reactions and discussing that Drake diss from Jay Z. I've got all the tea, so hit me up at Miss Info on Twitter. It's Hip Hop Beat on TuneIn. <laughs> 
TuneIn delivers the laughs with great comedy podcasts from your favorite comedians. Laugh it up with favorites like the Joe Rogan Experience. Oh, oh they both cracked. They wow. both cracked at the same time. Damn. Or give your funny bone the old right there, Fred, with Bill Burr's Monday Morning Podcast. Trade stories about their uncle that blew his fingers off because he never got married. He was trying to impress his nephews and nieces, right? <laughs> You're so cool, Uncle Jimmy. Right? Catch every episode of these great comedy podcasts and many more on TuneIn. When you need some adrenaline to get you through the day. Are you ready to rock? Rock On has your back with savage hits by artists like Metallica. Exclusively on TuneIn. Rock on. Music that always hits home. It's Soul Group. The home for classics from legends like Stevie Wonder. Marvin Gaye. And the Isley Brothers. And artists bringing the soul of today. John Legend, Frank Ocean, Miguel, and more. Music for the soul. From the soul. It's Soul Group. Exclusively on TuneIn. You've discovered TuneIn. Now experience even more with TuneIn Premium. With a subscription to TuneIn Premium, enjoy commercial-free music from your new favorite stations like Music Pulse, Hip Hop Beat, and Country Roads. Plus, TuneIn Premium brings you every play from every NFL, MLB, and NBA game live. And gives you access to thousands of great audiobooks from every genre. Find out what you've been missing with TuneIn Premium. Upgrade today. The biggest hits of an era are on 80s Hits, exclusively on TuneIn. Are you telling me you built a time machine? What if it's a warrior? From pop and R&B favorites to rock songs you'll remember forever, turn up the boombox with hit after hit after hit, including the very best of Prince, Whitney Houston, Olivia Newton-John, Tina Turner, New Edition, and more. Not just 80s music, 80s hits. Bueller. On TuneIn. Bueller. TuneIn puts you courtside for the 2016 college basketball season free all season long. Hear every call from hundreds of games from around the country live as teams battle for court supremacy throughout the year. Top 25 showdowns, rivalry games, and the NCAA National Tournament in March. TuneIn brings you the action with home and away calls from schools in every conference. Listen to college basketball all season long free on TuneIn. Get your popcorn ready. You're listening to Two Man Weave, live from South by Southwest in Austin, Texas, on the NBA on TuneIn. All right, we're back. South by Southwest, the NBA on TuneIn, the Two Man Weave, the confrontational two. We got Karan Butler filling in for Kenyon Martin. I've been doing a lot of talking. 
But Pose, I've been doing my 60 minutes uh, uh, imitation here, Karan. You said you had some questions for me, Michael Ravport. What do you want to know? My take on the NBA? What do you, what do you want from me? Uh, yeah, I, I respect your take and I, I love your take. But I want to know, how did you get in the business of acting? Is that something that you always wanted to do? Like, I, I caught your movie Zebra back in the day. Yes, I was sir. a huge fan of yours. Yes. Still is. You know, so I wanted to know, like, how did you get into that business? You know what? I'll be honest with you. When I was nine years old, 1979, I, had, I was always into sports. I played sports my whole life. But after or during the NCAA tournament with Magic and Bird, I decided at nine years old I was going to be in the NBA. That, that, that tournament leading up to it, I decided I was going to be in the NBA. I was going to play. I, I gave up baseball and football. Okay? People were sad. And I dedicated my life to playing basketball. Like, I loved basketball. And growing up in New York at that time, in the streets of New York, playing in the streets of New York, it took me to a whole other world. Because, you know, where I'm from, there wasn't that much competition. I became the best player in my neighborhood quick, which says a lot about the neighborhood. <laughs> then I, I, I met my, my, my good friend, G. Moody, last name rhymes with duty, the 2015 podcast coach of the year. Show him some love. Show him some love. And we were kids, and we just we met playing ball down at, at the Madison Square Boys Club. And at that time, uh, I, I met also Kenny Anderson, an 11-year-old Kenny Anderson. Oh. Who was, you knew, no, no bull crap. You know, people evolve differently. But at 11 years old, I can tell you, Kenny Anderson, you knew he was going to be a professional basketball player. The way he handled the basketball at 11 years old was as if it was like a, a fish swimming. It was incredible to watch. But going back to, to, to me, um, you know, basketball was my life and, and playing ball was my life. And, and, you know, when I was about 16, 17, I started to realize, like, I'm not going to make the NBA. I'm not even going to get a college scholarship. But throughout my, my life, I'd always been a big trash talker. I always, you know, it was, it was always... I was always comfortable with making people laugh, and, and, and I loved movies. I never wanted to be in them. I wanted to be like the characters. So when I started feeling like, you know, what am I going to do with my life? You know, Eddie Murphy, this is in the 80s when Eddie Murphy was, talk about people forget, Eddie Murphy was the star when the stars were Michael Jackson, you know, Madonna, Prince. Eddie Murphy, young Eddie Murphy on Sign of Life was that guy, and I, like, loved him. And then when I was 18, 19, I said, you know what, I'm gonna try to do stand-up comedy and I'm gonna try to do it one time and if I can make one person laugh, I'm gonna do it again. And I did that, I started doing stand-up comedy and then, and then I, from being on stage as a stand-up comedy, and I was never Chris Rock, I was never great. Was you nervous? I wasn't nervous. And that was the thing about doing stand-up comedy. And that's why I knew like, doing stand-up comedy and inevitably acting, like when I played bowl, I had nerves. When I did stand-up comedy the very first time, I wasn't nervous. When I acted the very first time, it's probably the way it is for you when you play basketball. It's like, it's natural to you. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Like, when you're in your zone, when you're, the big moments come. Obviously, there's jitters, but when you start playing, and as much as I practice, as much as I love basketball, like, it never was, like, it never came natural in terms of, like, that, that natural gift. I love the game. I love playing. I love practicing. But as soon as I did stand-up comedy, the very first time, I was 19, I wasn't nervous, I didn't, it was like natural. And like when, you know, one of the things that I, I love about professional athletes, whether it's a basketball player, a fighter, um, a gymnast, you, they're so relaxed. You know, and when you watch great actors, and I'm not talking about myself, but when you watch like a Robert De Niro or a Benicio Del Toro or a Sean Penn or a Denzel, whoever you're into, 
a Mel Streep, whatever you're into, they're so comfortable doing their thing. There's no nervousness. There's no, it's like in between action and cut, that's like a safe place. It's like when you're on a court, when you're grooving. So when I started acting, that was as comfortable as I had ever been doing anything. And I had played basketball. It's the first time I acted, it was literally the most natural thing for me. And I've been playing sports and basketball my whole life. So I knew like, this is what I want to do. And it was like something like I just thrived on and I still continue to thrive on it. And you know, the business of acting and the business of show, you know, and I've been doing it so long, it's a whole other animal, it's a pain, a pain in the butt. But in between action and cut when I'm doing my thing, it's the closest thing I could compare it to is sex. It's euphoric. It's like when you're in the zone, when you're playing ball and you got somebody on skates and like you're not thinking about anything else. And for me, when I'm doing my thing, when I'm, when I'm, when I'm acting in between action and cut, it's the same thing for like an athlete, I imagine. Yeah, that's deep. Yeah, so that, that's, that's how I got into it. And, and you know, my, basketball kept me on the straight now because, you know, at, at 9, 10, 11, 12, even into my teens, like I wasn't really even paying attention hardcore into girls until I was 16 because you play ball, you don't have time for a girlfriend. You play ball, you don't drink, you don't smoke. I'm going to be in the NBA. So I had a plan. I had a focus. And although I didn't get, you know, I didn't get there, the friends that I made, the, the relationships that I made, um, the, the, the tenacity and the intensity of playing basketball, I took that mentality to what I do as an actor in terms of the competitiveness. It's totally different, but the competitiveness of being an actor, especially a young actor with auditioning and all that, like to me it was like, yo, Game's on the line. You have to go in there and do your thing. So, like, all that prepared me, and it's the way it worked out for me. But basketball was always my passion. I've been such a fan and, you know, fortunate enough to play in New York City when there was so many, so much great talent that I played with, the Kenny Andersons, the Malik Sealys, um, and watching Rod Strickland in high school. He was a problem, too. It was ridiculous. I mean, Rod Strickland, you know, I watched him play in this, this game called the Wheelchair Classic in high school. You know, it was... It was magical, you know, and watching um, um, Hurley play all over the city, watching Lloyd Daniels play, and, and you know, wh being in the park and playing with, you know, he wasn't playing competitive with me, but playing with World Be Free, watching Pearl Washington play in the park. These are experiences that meant so much to me and, and, and shaped who I am today. And, and, and basketball specifically is something that, like, my passion and my love for, that's why I get so critical and frustrated when I feel like, the skinny genification of the league because I'm, I'm afraid, you know, my father, he's older. He doesn't watch sports as much anymore. And I understand, like, in his head, it's like, it's different. But, like, when I watched that All-Star game, and I talked about this on your show on TuneIn, when I watched that All-Star game, it's the first time in my life I have thought to myself, yo, I might not, I might not be rocking with this forever. Yeah. Because I felt like, obviously, it's an All-Star game, and we can't look into it too much. But you've been in All-Star games. You have to at least give the impression of the impression that you care. Forget the celebrities and the Kevin Hart's and, 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 and the Jay-Z's and Beyonce's that get their tickets for free and they get whisked to the game and whisked out. And no disrespect to them. The people that spend their money to go see that game, we know it's a show. But it ain't a magic show. Like, yo, we came to see you play basketball, man. It's disrespectful to the people that spend... $500, take their kids, they're in the cheap seats, and you guys are all laying around on the floor, all of them. I thought it was disgusting. The only ones who really played it like an appropriate Ulster game were Giannis and Russell Westbrook. The other guys, like I just thought it was an embarrassment to the league. And to sit there and do it for four quarters the whole way through, and again, you're not going to play hard, it's an Ulster game, but you're sitting there in front of the great Dr. J, the great Bill Russell, who shows up in public 
uh, for some reason, he's never shaven or manicured. That's a different story. <laughs> but sit there in front of Willis Reed and these guys and do that for 48 minutes, it's a slap in the face to them. It's a slap in the face to the fans. You know what I mean? What did you think of this All-Star Weekend? The dunk contest was a joke. I thought it was unacceptable. And at the same unacceptable, time, right? Yeah, I thought it was, you know, and I think it's going to get addressed because, you know, you look at the president, you know, Chris Paul, you know, he reached out to Adam Silver. It's going to be some changes. And, you know, it's warranted. So hopefully they move forward in the right direction, and they will because Chris Paul, you know, he's at the helm. Yeah, I mean, I just think that it was just – you take it too far. I know you guys have to take breaks. You know, you played 40-something games. You're going hard. It is a celebration. But at least the last two minutes of every quarter, give the – play fake defense. There's a way to play fake defense. It usually the first half is usually, you know, you know, give or take. And then the second half is usually competitive. And then the fourth quarter, but the last four it's minutes. Super competitive. It's but, a joke, but man. But this game was just, it was just no defense, no nothing, just out there. And the slam dunk contest, you know, it's, it's like you, you, you're, you're sitting there doing these, you know, you're coming out there, you're not sweating. You know, you're coming out there, there's no sheen on you. You're in front of Dominique Wilkins. You're in front of Dr. J. Like, you, you, you're better than Dr. J. You're better than Dominique Wilkins. Dominique Wilkins and Michael Jordan in that dunk contest, that was Ali Frazier. These guys were going. And this is one of the reasons why LeBron James, it's like you do all this craziness now in your 12th year. I don't know how he does it. I don't know how he does it in his 12th or 11th year. I don't know how LeBron James has, has made it this far in his career. He's the only player in NBA history, good, bad, 12th man who's never had an injury. I would love to know what he's eating, drinking. I have no idea. I'm not saying anything, but I am saying I don't know how, how nobody else has ever, he's never broken a thumb. I literally saw him grow his arm back. Game seven, he tried to bang it on Golden State. I was like, yo, he broke his arm. By the time he shot his second free throw, he grew a new hand. I saw it. You got to watch it closely. Are you saying LeBron James a mutant? I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying I want to know. That everybody's talking about the diets. I, I talked to the great Brandon Marshall of the New York Giants. He's eating this. He's not eating that. You guys are with your diets and your tech and your analytics. What's this guy eating? I saw him grow a hand back. I'm not saying he's a mutant. I just want to know what he's eating, what he's drinking. I want to know what kind of powders he's putting in his potions. I need a little bit. Okay, Karan, I go to the bathroom. All bets are off. I've tweaked ankles just walking to the bathroom. He's Cleveland strong. Cleveland strong. What kind of water do they have in Cleveland strong? <laughs> it's the two-man weave here. All right, where did you grow up, Karan? Racine, Wisconsin. Okay. Now, when I think of Wisconsin, I think of Happy Days. I think of Laverne Shirley. I think of Latrell Sprewell, and I think of you. Growing up, from that area. Latrell Sprewell, I mean, I'm sure there's been other ball players, there's other athletes, a lot of football players. Nick Van Axel, gosh, yeah. Nick the Quick. Yeah. Nick, but Latrell was the first. Yeah. What did, he, what did that mean, seeing somebody that was from the same state? I mean, you got the corn-fed linemen that come out of there, the big, white, shaved head, 320-pound corn-fed white guys that are coming out there. But I'm saying to see Latrell Sprewell, who's representing the same state as you, playing basketball in such a ferocious, tenacious way. As a young kid, he, he made it there before you, and then Nick made it there before you. What did it mean to see Latrell and then see Nick the Quick doing their thing? That was just, you know, that was something that I always aspired to be. You know, I saw them dudes on that platform, on that stage, you know, already doing their thing and then coming back to the neighborhoods. You know, Sprewell had the rims that kept spinning so when they come back to the communities they'll you know come through and everybody saw them you know they was you know household names they, they used their platform well and 
You know, I was just like, man, that inspired me to, you know, strive for my goals. And, and where you're from, you talk about it in your book, Tough Juice, My Journey from the Streets to the NBA. You know, I'm from New York City. As far as, you know, growing up in New York City, we think like, you know, in the, in the 70s and 80s, we thought that that was the only place that things were like tough and rough. Obviously, you know, as you get older, you hear about, and it's all from hip hop, really. Yeah. It's like you start to hear about the West Coast and you start to hear about the dirty, dirty. You know, unfortunately, no disrespect, uh, there hasn't been no hip hopper who's put Milwaukee on the map, but hearing about you, hearing about Latrell, and hearing about what it was like to grow up in Milwaukee, what was it like in that area? You said you were, you were, it was close to Chicago. What did it, what was it like growing up in, in Wisconsin for you? Uh, you know, it was, it was different because, you know, you was exposed to, you know, the neighborhoods and like every neighborhoods or in the inner city, you was always exposed to, you know, seeing violence at a young age. You was exposed to, you know, seeing drug dealing. You was exposed to seeing all the things that you shouldn't see at a young age. And, you know, me being a youngster, you know, I was intrigued by that. Uh -huh. You know what I'm saying? I was intrigued about, you know, seeing, you know, my uncles bringing garbage bags of money into the household, mm. and that was something that I was exposed to. So you're going to tell me as a, as, as a 7th, 8th, ninth grader to go to school, sit in a, a, a hot box, you know, for eight, nine hours, and then come out, and in those eight or nine hours, you had made five, $6,000, right. you know, and, and, and I saw that, and I was just intrigued by it, and then that's what I started doing. I started hustling instead of going to class. And how off the rails did you get? How close were you to sort of being a statistic, winding up either in prison or, you know, dead? Uh, you know, how close were you to that? And then how did things change? Because to go from, you know, that sort of lifestyle to go to playing at UConn, and being a high school American and eventually in the NBA, that's a that, that's like a that's literally like a road, like where you got a left turn and a right turn. Yeah, I was. I mean, I was at a fork in the road many times in my life. Uh, I think the the one that really was you know devastating was the time where I went to high school. I was a freshman at school, and you know the ATF, the Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearm Unit, had came to my school. They did a raid on the school, looking for me. Uh, they found the 38 revolver on my possession. Uh, they found cocaine in the locker. Came and got me. Uh, sentenced me to two years in corrections. Wow. And, you know, I thought, like, that was like the changing point, the game changer for my life. You know, so when I got back out after doing that bid, you know, I was just, you know, looking at life totally differently. And, you know, I wasn't trying to get no credibility or be something that, you know, I wasn't, you know what I mean? I just, I just try to do positives as much as possible and try to exhaust that because I knew the streets was going to always be there. And, and how much basketball, when you, were, when you were incarcerated, you're in juvenile detention, how much basketball were you able to play? And when did that start to become like your focus? Yeah, when I, when I first got in there, I, you know, I was uh, exposed to about two, three hours of basketball, you know, usually when guys be playing cards in the day room and stuff like that. Um, you know, I would go out and, you know, play for canteen, you know what I mean? Because my mother, my mother was on, uh, you know, government assistance. She was working, but she was on government assistance, single-parent household. So, you know, I would go out there and just play for canteen and try to up, uplift my canteen. So, you know, I was playing for meals, you know what uh. I mean? Like, really grinding out there, playing, like, you know, playing for a bigger brunch, a bigger everything. And that's how I got better, you know, and that's how my competitive drive got there. All right, this is good stuff. Karan Butler. If you haven't read his book, 
Tough Juice, My Journey from the Streets to the NBA. It's also going to be made into a movie. Mark Wahlberg is going to produce it. I'm going to try to audition to play you. I might be, it might be out of my age. Listen, don't discriminate. Okay, last year they made a big brouhaha over the Oscars. You know, and, and sort of who should play what and what's what. what. I'm going to make, I, listen, they might, I might have to audition. That's fine. I don't want to put limitations on what I could do. Talk more about Karan Butler's life. Talk more about the Western Conference Finals. Everything that has to do with the NBA. Austin, Texas, South by Southwest is the two-man weave. NBA on tune to Michael Rappaport and Karan Butler. Squad two-man weave continues after this. Live from Austin, Texas. The site of South by Southwest on the NBA on TuneIn. Hey, this is Miss Info from Hip Hop Beat. Join me this week as I drop the latest tracks from the world of hip hop. We're playing new music from Future and Drake, Machine Gun Kelly, Grammy-winning Chance the Rapper, and so much more. Oh, and speaking of those Grammys, your girl Info is breaking down all of the celebrity reactions and discussing that Drake diss from Jay-Z. I've got all the tea, so hit me up at Miss Info on Twitter. It's Hip Hop Beat on TuneIn. Hip Hop is on TuneIn. It's not just music. It's Music Pulse. It's Music Pulse. I love every song Music Pulse plays. I'm in love with your body. This is awesome music. With Music Pulse on TuneIn, you'll hear nothing but great songs like this. 24 karat magic in the And favorites like this. You're on the pulse of the music. Get your pulse grooving. Music Pulse. I love it. With Music Pulse on TuneIn. All right. TuneIn delivers the laughs with great comedy podcasts from your favorite comedians. Laugh it up with favorites like The Joe Rogan Experience. Oh! oh they both cracked. They wow. both cracked at the same time. Damn. Or give your funny bone the old, right there, Fred, with Bill Burr's Monday Morning Podcast. Trade stories about their uncle that blew his fingers off because he never got married. He was trying to impress his nephews and nieces, right? <laughs> You're so cool, Uncle Jimmy. Right? Catch every episode of these great comedy podcasts and many more on TuneIn. Adrenaline to get you through the day. Are you ready to rock? rock on? Has your back with savage hits by artists like Metallica. Green Day. Don't want to be an American idiot. And Seether. Rock on is exclusively on TuneIn. Rock on. Music that always hits home. It's Soul Group. The home for classics from legends like Stevie Wonder. Marvin Gaye. And the Isley Brothers. And artists bringing the soul of today. John Legend, Frank Ocean, Miguel, and more. Music for the soul. From the soul. It's Soul Group, exclusively on TuneIn. You've discovered TuneIn. Now experience even more with TuneIn Premium. With a subscription to TuneIn Premium, enjoy commercial-free music from your new favorite stations like Music Pulse, Hip Hop Beat, and Country Roads. Plus, TuneIn Premium brings you every play from every NFL, MLB, and NBA game live. And gives you access to thousands of great audiobooks from every genre. Find out what you've been missing with TuneIn Premium. Upgrade today. The biggest hits of an era are on 80s Hits, exclusively on TuneIn. Are you telling me you built a time machine? What if it's a 
from pop and R&B favorites to rock songs you'll remember forever. Turn up the boombox with hit after hit after hit, including the very best of Prince, Whitney Houston, Olivia Newton-John, Tina Turner, New Edition, and more. Not just 80s music, 80s hits. Bueller. On TuneIn. Bueller. TuneIn puts you courtside for the 2016 college basketball season free all season long. Hear every call from hundreds of games from around the country live as teams battle for court supremacy throughout the year. Top 25 showdowns, rivalry games, and the NCAA National Tournament in March. TuneIn brings you the action with home and away calls from schools in every conference. Listen to college basketball all season long free on TuneIn. Stay out of their lane. It's Two Man Weave with Michael Rappaport and Karan Butler. Ilya Sova, the Butler for three. Oh. And down it goes for Karan Butler, who's got 37 points. Live from South by Southwest in Austin, Texas. All right, we're back. Two Man Weave, Karan Butler and myself, Michael Rappaport. We're doing it. The indie rock might be looming in the background, but don't let that distract you from the conversation at hand. It's the NBA on TuneIn. Talked about the East. Talked about the, uh, the past. I'm gonna get into the present of the West. The Golden State Warriors, Karan, are in a quote-unquote funk. Steph Curry is in a quote-unquote funk. The Spurs, at this point, have overtaken the Golden State Warriors, the Rockets are looking good. LaMarcus, thank goodness, is back for the Spurs. If you had to say right now who's coming out of the West, is, is there a chance that Golden State, and, 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 you know, obviously no one really knows the Kevin Durant injury status, is there a chance that the Golden State Warriors will not be making it to the NBA Finals this year? Absolutely, it's a chance. But Kevin Durant, in order for Golden State to come out the Western Conference, Kevin Durant has to be... 100% healthy. 100% healthy. He can't be 85% and going to be a decoy or going to give you consistent minutes and then going to be hobbling, you know, on the back end in the finals or something like that, like Steph Curry was doing this past season, you know, with a strain MCL or whatever the case was. You know what I'm saying? It was noticeable in the finals. He has to be 100% because there's teams out there that, you know, can, you know, cause friction. You look at the Houston Rockets, you look at James Harden, you know, if he don't get the MVP award and it goes to Russell Westbrook, if he averages a triple-double, he's going to be extra motivated, which Russell Westbrook is going to finish the season averaging a triple-double because for the remainder of the season, he got to average 21-7-6, and, and he's going to do that. In order to go, that's all he has to do with this? He, he, he doesn't even average, have to average triple-double? He doesn't have to average a triple-double for the rest of the season wow. because uh, – he, he lifted his assists uh -huh. up, so all he got to do is average 21, 7, and 6 or something like that for the remainder of the season. He's going to do that. You know what I mean? So you look at teams like Houston with a motivated James Harden if he don't get the MVP award. You look at teams like San Antonio with Kawhi Leonard with LaMarcus Aldridge back after, you know, the heart scare, and now he's back on the court, and they're playing great basketball. You know, they can beat anybody. You know, Pop has the recipe for success and they had the pedigree, the championship pedigree. So anything can happen, and, you know, losing Kevin Durant and go, seeing Golden State celebrate after beating a, a depleted Philly team, which I couldn't name five of the starters out there that gave them a run for their money, that, that's a cause for concern for me 
as a as a guy and then now you know seeing more things saying that it's things that's messing up the chemistry amongst the players like what i don't know what it is it's just something that's out there and you can see that during the, the post-game conferences whereas you know like any adversity is bothering that team you saw draymond touch on it saying that the schedule bothered him was and what are you it, talking it was, about it, the it schedule, Barney? It was the same schedule last year. When Hashtag skinny genification. You're talking about the schedule. That's a computer that's <laughs> making the schedule. What's wrong with this guy? But it was the same schedule last yeah, year what are you when talking you broke about? all the records. The and, schedule. And you were celebrating, and you was the, 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 the new toy of the NBA. But now, because you're, you're faced with adversity, and you was an injury away from real adversity, and it happens to happen to the best player on the team, now everybody's in uproar, and they're not handing adversity well at all. Do, 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 what do you think is the bigger difference? Obviously, Kevin Durant coming is the big difference, but what are they lacking? That, like, how much, Do you think they gave up too much for Kevin Durant? And then, you know, I know we're, we're, we're past it, and, and, and I get bored with the conversation. You can, you can never give up too much for the number two player in the world. You can never give up too much. But giving up that much, what you gave up, you gave up your depth. And now you don't have a bench on the back end. So your starting five is better than any starting five in all of basketball. The Splash Brothers, Draymond Green, Kevin Durant, Zaza Pachula. And then you go to the bench, Andre Iguodala, Sean Livingston, and then... Uh, right, uh, that's mumble you, rap. Yeah, you peaked out. But now you look at Cleveland... You know what I mean? You got Kyrie Irving, LeBron James, J.R. Smith. Wait a minute. I go get Kyle Korver. Amon Shumpert. Amon Shumpert. Darren Williams. Larry Sanders. Larry Saunders. Then, you know what I mean? I got Richard Jefferson, who's having an out of... I don't know if he found the founder youth. I wish he would have told me about it. You know what I mean? So now you got all these guys, Kevin Love, everybody, like, they're just playing at an unbelievable rate. And... I think their depth is going to be an issue in the finals to Golden State. Well, what do you know about Kevin Durant's injury? What is it reported as? Uh, a grade two MCL strain. Now, have, now, what does that mean in terms of, you, you know, you say he's got to be 100% for the playoffs. Is that scientifically, we talked to Neil deGrasse Tyson, or is it Neil Tyson deGrasse? <laughs> Yeah, we don't fact check here at the... Uh, we just call him the w. doctor. The doctor, the good doctor. <laughs> well, well, I mean, can, can, can Kevin Durant be 100%? Is that, is that even possible? The only, the only thing that gives me faith and hope, I reached out to KD. I asked him, how was he doing? I don't care about the basketball part. I just care about you as a person. How you doing, my brother? I'm good, man. I'll be back. No worries. And he said that confidently. When I reached out to him, you know, a couple years back when he had the hairline fracture, he didn't sound confident. Keep me in your prayers, bro. Uh. I was like, okay. So to see him walk off the court on his own will, and though he was frustrated and hobbled, because mind you, Kevin Durant was in the MVP race this year. Yes. He was more efficient. He was averaging 25 points per game. He was shooting over 50-some percent. He was on the best team with the best record. Right. You know what I mean? He was playing the best defense of career. And, 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 and may I just, like, point this out. The two-time back-to-back MVP, Steph Curry, the first unanimous decision MVP, Kevin Durant came to that organization 
and took over the team. Now, do you think he took over the team, or do you think that Steph Curry, because this is my impression of it, Steph Curry has shown what he needs to do. I think one of the, 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 the worst things that happened to Steph Curry was that unanimous MVP. But Steph Curry, in my opinion, said, you know what, I can't do this every single year. I can't go this hard every single game. And he seems like, just based on what I know of him as a fan, like, yo, you rock. You do your thing. You're a little younger than me. You got a little bit less wear and tear on you. Rock, do your thing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play the first half of the season and then sort of coast with it. Like, do you think it was like he took over the teamwork or Steph, Clay, and Draymond said, yo, we want to see you do your thing? Did LeBron do that with Kyrie? Different player. We're talking about a 6'9 guy and a 6'3". 180-pound dude? I'm saying, I mean, KD went over there, and it, it like their, their training camp was their games. Those dudes went out there, and they said, Steve Kerr said, you know what? I don't know what we're going to do. We got, we got Kevin Durant. He's the second best player on the planet. We got uh, Steph Curry, who's amazing. We got Klay Thompson, who's a shooter, who said, I'm not changing my game. You got Draymond, who's willing to sacrifice on all levels. So let them figure it out. You know what I mean? Like, when you go to the YMCA or if we pick out 10 right now, we rocking. I'm like, all right, my man with the beard right here, man. You short. I hope you're able to shoot. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to have you play the point. My man with the hat right here, man. Set picks. Get me open because I got the ratchet. Mike, man, you know, get the rebounds. You know what I'm saying? Maybe you bucket hang or whatever. You know, yeah, do your thing. I'm going to do that. Like, we're going to figure no it out on the fly. No and that's what Golden State did. And on the fly, they figured out that Kevin Durant was the best player. The world already knew that. He's the second best player on the planet next to LeBron James. So, so what is your opinion? I mean, be, be honest. You don't have to take shots. Is, is Steph Curry a flash in the pan? Was it a great moment in time? Is he overrated? Is it a little bit of both? I mean, we can't argue with the numbers. Statistically and visually, he's the best shooter ever. He's the best shooter ever, and he's not overrated. I, you, you never seen anything Do you think like that was a burden, him winning the MVP? Are you ne I mean, also, who gives a crap about the season MVP? Who cares? Who cares that it was unanimous and that not even Jordan won it? Who really cares? I mean, who who really could remember, aside from Kevin Durant's great speech and, and, and Steph Curry winning the MVP, five years ago, if I said five years ago who won the MVP, you'd have to rack your brain to figure it out. But if I said five years ago who won the championship, that's what matters. It matters about who's got the trophy above their head and the confetti in their hair. I feel like it's such a burden. It's such a pageantry. There's so much sort of politicking and campaigning to win MVP in November. We were talking about Kevin Durant might win MVP. This is in December. Who cares? And then you get hurt. Now they're saying it might be Kawhi, it might be Westbrook, it might be Hardy. If one of these guys tweaks an ankle, you ain't winning Jack Bone. You know what I mean? But So when you're, when you're guarding Steph Curry these last few years, you're playing in the NBA. What is your opinion of Steph Curry's career? I mean, he's not even done yet. He's he, only, what is he, 29? 29 as of Yesterday. A lot of tread on the tires for a little guy. But I mean, Steph Curry's about 6'3", right? Yeah. With, with 185 pounds with a pair of, of uh, skinny jeans and some wet Timberlands. <laughs> okay, I love Steph Curry. And also, speaking of Steph Curry, do you have his number in your phone? Yeah, I do. Okay, so could you text him and say, listen, this isn't <laughs> coming from me. It's coming from Michael Rapport. Michael Rapport's a humongous fan. I have a picture of me and Steph Curry. Okay, I, I've been walking. I've been rocking with Steph since he was at Davidson because I've seen his father play. I had the fortune of getting hip to him first, very early. But can you say, Steph, my man, and actually passes around the whole Golden State Warriors uh, team. What's up with the barber? You ain't got no barbers in Oakland? 
Somebody get some, like the whole team needs a, a proper barber. First of all, Kevin Durant, I don't know what's going on with your dome piece. <laughs> okay, Clay Thompson is lined up real nice and proper, but Steph Curry, this is a guy, he's married, he's got a beautiful wife, beautiful family. family. His wedding pictures, he wasn't lined up real nice, real proper. He knows better than that. Even his pops, the great Wardell Curry, keeps a fresh cut. Where did he get look? He was obviously raised fantastically, comes from a beautiful family. But what are you doing? Like, can you text him and say, yo, Steph, what's up with your dome piece? Once you start, once, once you start. <laughs> That's not once, a receding thing. No, but That's once you choice. start, once you start playing with it and you get the wrong barber. No, no. You know, because sometimes, like, they want to give you the Cali lining. What's that? You, they try to make it up. They, like, sometimes you go to a barber and they be like, look, I want your lining to be where I want it to be. Listen, Steph Curry has access to a lot of things, okay? His wife, she, I have her cookbook. I follow. I, this is no disrespect to anything about Steph Curry except the fact that I feel like he's doing a disservice to him. I want you to text him right now, live on the air, and say, Michael Rapport says, what's up with your barber, and why doesn't the team have a proper barber there? Have, have any of y'all ever got a haircut in California? This guy's got a Listen. nice haircut. Look at him. He's lined up. They got he, a nice face. He hasn't been Curry. in California in a while. Steph Curry would wish to have <laughs> such a good haircut. Listen, when you go to a barber in California, they'd be like, yo, what up, my man? Yo. Yeah, they, they, they make up your line, and they'd be like, yo, this will look better on you. You'd be like, yo, give me a low-cut Caesar with the sides, thin out the side. They'd be like this. Yo, I'm going to give you something a little better than that. But, but Clay's sharp. Clay, Clay is looking fantastic. I'm trying to tell you. Listen. All right. All right. Fine. You, listen, I'm just saying, maybe you don't want to do it on air. Maybe he'll catch feelings. You don't want to put him on spot. But at some point, Karan, you know, you're, 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 you're a contemporary of his guys. You need to tell him. Somebody needs to tell him. I've done it publicly, and he doesn't want to acknowledge. You need to tell him, yo, fix your dome, dude. Get a brush. Get yourself a wave cap, start from scratch, and fix your whole program. I don't want to throw him off his rhythm right now. He needs to be thrown off his rhythm caught, right now. He just caught his flow a little bit All right. on his birthday. All so right. let's, let's, let's try to ride it out for a minute. All right, Karan, you heard of Brockmire, right? You, you remember this guy, sportscaster yeah, with yeah. nuts? When you brought it up, yeah, definitely. You remember, who could forget the baseball announcer dude that went straight bonkers on the air, had a meltdown. That was on full display in front of millions of listeners, in front of millions of fans. The, the, the breakdown went viral years after his breakdown. Brock Meyer is finally back. I loved hearing Brock Meyer. Okay? He brought back the memories of a great Howard Cosell. Brock Meyer is up there in the Radio Broadcasting Hall of Fame with Marv Alberts, the great John Andreas, just passed. Back from his career low calling minor league baseball games Brock Meyer is back. I'm talking about a new IFC TV show starring Hank Azaria and Amanda Peet. The new show begins April 5th on IFC every Wednesday night. Brock Meyer is back. He gets in front of the mic every Wednesday night beginning April 5th on IFC. Hank Azaria and Amanda Peet are two of the best in the business. We'll be right back. NBA on TuneIn to wrap things up. We got one more segment. It's going to go. We're going hard body karate for the last 20 minutes. My name is Michael Rapport. I'm in here with Karan Butler. Squad. NBA on tune in South by Southwest takeover. Forget the indie band down the street and, and the faux reggae band <laughs> around the corner. You're now rocking with the best here at Easy Tiger. NBA on tune in. We'll be right back talking more NBA.
You're listening to the NBA on TuneIn, your home for the NBA Finals. It's Two Man Weave, live from South by Southwest in Austin, Texas. We'll be right back after this quick timeout. Hey, this is Miss Info from Hip Hop Beat. Join me this week as I drop the latest tracks from the world of hip hop. We're playing new music from Future and Drake, Machine Gun Kelly, Grammy winning Chance the Rapper, and so much more. Oh, and speaking of those Grammys, your girl Info is breaking down all of the celebrity reactions and discussing that Drake diss from Jay Z. I've got all the tea, so hit me up at Miss Info on Twitter. It's Hip Hop Beat on TuneIn. Best station around. Music you want. Hip Hop is on TuneIn. It's not just music. It's Music Pulse. It's Music Pulse. I love every song Music Pulse plays. I'm in love with your body. This is awesome music. With Music Pulse on TuneIn, you'll hear nothing but great songs like this. 24 karat magic in the air. And favorites like this. You're on the pulse of the music. Get your pulse grooving. Music Pulse. I love it. With Music Pulse on TuneIn. All right. TuneIn delivers the laughs with great comedy podcasts from your favorite comedians. Laugh it up with favorites like The Joe Rogan Experience. Oh! oh they both cracked. They wow. both cracked at the same time. Damn. Or give your funny bone the old, right there, Fred, with Bill Burr's Monday Morning Podcast. Trade stories about their uncle that blew his fingers off because he never got married. He was trying to impress his nephews and nieces, right? <laughs> You're so cool, Uncle Jimmy. Right? Catch every episode of these great comedy podcasts and many more on TuneIn. Need some adrenaline to get you through the day. Are you ready to rock? rock on? Has your back with savage hits by artists like Metallica. Green Day. Don't wanna be an American idiot. And Seether. Rock on is exclusively on TuneIn. Rock on. Music that always hits home. It's Soul Group, the home for classics from legends like Stevie Wonder, Marvin Gaye, and the Isley Brothers, and artists bringing the soul of today, John Legend, Frank Ocean, Miguel, and more. Music for the soul, from the soul. It's Soul Group. Exclusively on TuneIn. You've discovered TuneIn. Now experience even more with TuneIn Premium. With a subscription to TuneIn Premium, enjoy commercial-free music from your new favorite stations like Music Pulse, Hip Hop Beat, and Country Roads. Plus, TuneIn Premium brings you every play from every NFL, MLB, and NBA game live. And gives you access to thousands of great audiobooks from every genre. Find out what you've been missing with TuneIn Premium. Upgrade today. The biggest hits of an era are on 80s Hits, exclusively on TuneIn. Are you telling me you built the time machine? What if it's a warrior? From pop and R&B favorites to rock songs you'll remember forever, turn up the boombox with hit after hit after hit, including the very best of Prince, Whitney Houston, Olivia Newton-John, Tina Turner, New Edition, and more. Not just 80s music, 80s hits. Bueller. On TuneIn. Bueller. 
TuneIn puts you courtside for the 2016 college basketball season free all season long. Hear every call from hundreds of games from around the country live as teams battle for court supremacy throughout the year. Top 25 showdowns, rivalry games, and the NCAA National Tournament in March. TuneIn brings you the action with home and away calls from schools in every conference. Listen to college basketball all season long free on TuneIn. We now return to Two Man Weave with Michael Rappaport and Karan Butler. Live from Austin, Texas, the site of South by Southwest. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at NBA on TuneIn for exclusive content and all the behind-the-scenes action from South by Southwest. It's the NBA on TuneIn, your home for the NBA Finals. All right, Two Man Weave. It's been fantastic rocking with you, Karan Butler. Absolutely. We are dodging the heat, dodging the indie bands, persevering over it all, introducing people to that good hip-hop. Um, we talked about the East. I'm going to get into the West. Somehow, the last segment, I'm trying to do a high-end basketball program, and you're talking about people's haircuts. No, you brought that up. Uh, no, no, no. We're going to listen to the tape. <laughs> I'm sitting here trying to do stats and analytics, and next thing you know, you're talking about... Oh, I'm going to tell Steph Curry his wig piece is messed up. I'm trying to talk hoops here, <laughs> man, man. listen, I'm trying to straddle the fence. I'm trying to be a good dude, you know, because I'm going to have to go in those locker rooms and get the interviews. I can't just be blazing nobody hairline and stuff like Bring that. Bring me in there. I'm telling them the truth. I'm not, I'm not trying to blaze them, roast them, or snap on them. I'm trying to save you from yourself, Steph Curry. <laughs> that whole crew... Their wig game is suspect. I told you it's the California barbers, though. Nah, they don't want to go there listen, and get zeked. Nah, man. Listen, let's talk about the Western Conference. You know we talked about the Spurs. Here's a question. I'm going to rattle things off for you. If the Spurs make it to the NBA Finals, how can they beat the Cleveland Cavaliers? The Kawhi Leonard versus LeBron James matchup would be a very, very, very uh, succulent Ratings, NBA nerd, and other matchup. What does that look like? But barring no injuries, I don't want to see any injury. We want to see a healthy Lamarcus. The Spurs make it to the finals. What happens? I think the system and the championship pedigree is going to come down to the coaching. It's going to be a possession game. The playoffs is always a possession game. And then you look at team continuity, the consistency. You know, it favors the Spurs in that situation. Why? Why? Because... They've done it. They do it. They know how to compensate better than anyone. And then Kawhi is such a under-the-radar superstar, if that's even possible. Yeah, he, he proved it's possible. He's a, yeah, he's an under-the-radar superstar. But at the same time, he's a guy. He's one of the few, if, if there's any, he's one could. of the few guys in the NBA that give LeBron James problems. Why, what does he do that gives him problems? Obviously, he's got the length. You know, he wants to play defense, which is another thing. I mean, I think there's defensive skills that you can learn. But at the end of the day, it comes down to that desire, correct? Yeah, but he's, he's not a wash. You know, like a wash is you score, I score. You score, I score. No, Kawhi's going to score, and not only he's going to score, he's going to lock you up. Like, you're going to have your, – your, your offensive game is going to be treat, uh, treated differently. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, you're going to have to – Think about how you're going to attack me. So your scoring average, the 25 to 27 that we're counting on from you, it's going to look more like 20, a rough 19, 
with a different, like you're going to have to work differently to have an impact on the game. And if you got to work differently to have an impact on the game, Kyrie's job is going to be harder. Mm. You know what I mean? Like Kyrie's job is going to be harder. I don't know what just happened. Yo, I don't know what just happened. Are we still on the air? Yo, you broke it. Are we live? Can you hear me? Yo. 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 Y'all didn't hear what just happened to us, Yo. but my eardrum almost blew Yo. out. Yo. That's how Kyrie Job is going to be Yo. trying to, you know, carry the load for the Cleveland Cavaliers. So that's going to be tough. Yeah, that was crazy. Okay, talk about Brockmeyer having a breakdown. <laughs> the new show on the IFC. We'll give you that one for free. All right. Okay, that makes sense. What about the, the Los Angeles Clippers? The Los Angeles Clippers have been looming and talked about for the last few seasons, they're still in playoff contention. What's the deal with the Clippers? I don't know. I think that window closed for them to be a, a legit contender. They I, didn't lose that many players, though. Like, the guys, that core group is there. They went through heck and high water. You see how I said heck and high water to keep DeAndre. They got CP3. They got Blake. I mean, you, you, you look, when they was at their best, when they was at their best, and I, uh, fortunately, I was on the team that went to the Western Conference Finals, and we played, uh, I was with OKC at the time, and we played the San Antonio Spurs, but we had to go through the Los Angeles Clippers. Right. I thought that that was their best team and their best opportunity to go in advance to the finals. And we was able to come back from uh, down the 2-1 deficit and beat them, mm -hmm. you know, in six games. And that team, you know, I felt like they was depleted. And then you had the whole Don Sterling situation with the change in management. Yep. That was some adversity they had to, you know, get over the hump with. And then you had a lot of changeover in front office. And I think all that stuff impacted the players. You know what I mean? And the window of opportunity is very slim. Mm. Like when you saw the big three assemble in Miami with Chris Bosh, Dwayne Wade, LeBron James, not one. Not two, not three. Not four. Not five, not six. Hold on, let me blow up some firecrackers not in the back. Seven, not, not seven, not eight. Yeah, so like the window closes. Not eight. The, <laughs> the window closes He said it like three quick. seconds. Not eight. It closed quick. So when you say that, like you get, you got, it put things in perspective that the window for, you know, doing something extremely special closes relatively quickly. Karan, you were, you were hurt 2011, the Dallas Mavericks. You got injured in the playoffs? Yeah. Okay, you got a ring for that championship Absolutely. season. Absolutely. Okay. Now, I ain't no Dallas Cat and Mavericks fan, but that dismantling of that Miami Heatles team, that LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, your guy, and Chris Bosh, they created that. And they were fantastic when it was cooking. How beautiful was it to see? These guys are chest bumping, they're singing and dancing. They're handshaking. They're handshaking. You're playing patty cake. You're playing hopscotch. You ain't won nothing. How beautiful was it for you guys? Jason Terry was offended personally. Dirk Nowinski. Deshaun Stevenson redemption after the Washington days that we was there. And That's right. He was traded. on that. Did they bring him in there solely so he could get in LeBron's Get in, his, get in his chest piece like Absolutely. Jerome's niece between, on her way home from Jones Beach? Between <laughs> – that was cold how you put that, too. Between him and Deshaun Stevenson, they took that personal, you know, to – you know, obviously you can't stop LeBron. He's a great player. But just to slow him down, and then you had the addition of 
you know, Corey Brewer doing the little things, Pedro Stojakovic, and you had J.J. Barea, who was a game changer because... He was unbelievable. Yeah, he was, you know, little Puerto Rico, you know, he was getting into the paint, doing all the little things, you know, a, li a little man but playing a, a big role, a, a giant role. You know, um, you tip your hat off to him. Tyson Chandler, you know, sacrificing himself in the middle, you know, being that presence, you know, defending, deflections, you know what I'm saying, giving us that energy and that effort that we so desperately needed, and then Dirk, you know, top 25 players all time, Hall of Famer, 30-plus thousand points. You know, just doing all the little things, you know, fade away, one leg, perfect. You know what I mean? Was, was that just fantastic? I mean, it must have been a part of you refreshing, but inevitably, you were there, you were part of the team. No, nah, you, know, you know, I felt special because, you know, I was part of the fabric of that team. And, you know, just going up to that point, I already knew, you know, second lead scorer on the team at the time, I went down. And, you know, this is the thing about you know, basketball, you know, injuries happen and you have to be able to, you know, continue to stay in the fabric of the game and of your team in order for them to be successful. And, you know, I believe in things happen for a reason. And I needed to be mm. on that sideline cheering my guys on because, you know, the way I reacted was important. And I showed that, you know, I wasn't going to break. You know what I mean? I needed them to continue to move forward and do what they need to do. And that's exactly what happened. What kind of an owner? He's so scrutinized. I've always liked him when I've met him personally. I think he's been great for the NBA. Um, what kind of an owner was Mark Cuban? Uh, and, and what was that like, you know, playing under him? Because he seems like he's so emotionally invested in the team. Sometimes people think to a fault. But what is being uh, on the Dallas Mavericks under Mark Cuban really like? People got to understand, like, nine times out of ten, when, when an owner purchases a team or, or buys a team, they're, they're so wealthy, like, the team is a hobby. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it's like a piece of art. Yeah, like, you know, like... like I, I got a couple of Picassos. I'm going to get a basketball team also. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to have a basketball team. I'm going to have, you know, I'm going to have this. I'm going to have, like... I got an island off of Tahiti. Yeah, it's, it's a hobby. I'm going to buy the, uh, I don't know, the uh, Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, but, like, when you have someone that really takes, you know, pride and want their fingerprints on the shape, shape up of the team and how it's going to be structured you know, uh, how they're going to, you know, abide by certain rules and criteria and the makeup, like, that's important. And Mark Cuban's the type that connects the fans, the community, and everything with the team. And, you know, he's passionate about it, and it's unprecedented in what we see today. Uh, I'm going to just rattle off a few questions. You played in a few locker rooms for a few organizations. Best locker room that you ever played for, where he was like, yo, this is dope. Like, what was the best facilities I, that you ever played for? I it been, matters because, because you, when you came into the league, not every team locker room was high-tech. Old Madison Square Garden, and I'm not talking about the old one, before it was revamped, I was in the locker room. Okay, listen, I like the history of it all, but I don't want to be in the same stall that uh, Patrick Ewing was throwing his jock straps on. I want this place sterilized, looking fantastic. Now they got it nice in there. It's nice. Dallas Mavericks, known for having the nice towels. Yeah. Okay. Clippers. He had, the, he had the Xbox. He had, he had the, everything. So what was the best facility? I had a few, man. I played in some great organizations, some great cities. You know, I had... Uh, you don't have to say which is the worst. You could just say, what's the best? Just locker room, sort of like like the best craft service. Like, you know, we're getting good meals. Like, this is dope. I feel like a pro. OKC. 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 And I would have to say, because Sam Pressy laid it out. You know, obviously, you got the MVP, Kevin Durant, another future MVP, Russell Westbrook. You know what I mean? You had the catering, you had your meals set up, you go in, you had your shakes afterward. 
You know, you had everything. You had massages afterwards. You want you want to lay down, get a little your manicure, rubbed, pedicure, pedicure. I mean, a haircut, you know, maybe hot nice, tub, good haircuts. All right, listen. Not no California barbers. All right, Karan, we got to end this. I can't wait to do this again with you, Two Man Weave. You have your show NBA on TuneIn. When is that on, Karan? Thursdays and Fridays. All right, see NBA on TuneIn. This has been fantastic. I'll Man, I love to do it. it again. Oh, we're gonna do it again. All right, uh, Karan Butler again. Thank you for joining me, replacing, filling in for Kenyon Martin. My name is Michael Rapport. It's the NBA on TuneIn. We're rocking tomorrow, 2 to 4, here at the Easy Tiger. If you haven't had the chocolate chip cookies, go upstairs. They're fantastic. Chocolate cookies, they're great. They got beignets. They got cinnamon twists. My name is Michael Rapport. Karan, I'll see you tomorrow. Absolutely. Check us out tomorrow. Squad up. 2 to 4. Stay away from all the indie bands. They're not that indie. We'll be back here tomorrow. Easy Tiger. We're drinking tough juice, lattes. <laughs> Michael Rapport, Karan Butler, NBA on TuneIn, Two Man Week, we're done. You've been listening to Two Man Weave with Michael Rappaport and Karan Butler, live from South by Southwest in Austin, Texas, right here on TuneIn. You're listening to the NBA on TuneIn, your everything audio app.